Welcome back to Player to Player, our weekly gaming talk show here in Nuri Northerners, where we discuss the weekly gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. Sorry you weren't here last Monday. We uh, decided to have a Shadowlands stream because it popped up, as well as uh, we had a couple of us unable to make it. So just to make it better for you, the viewers, we did the Shadowlands stream. But we're back this week, and uh, I am joined by two of the co-hosts. Unfortunately, Bell 2 is not going to be able to join us tonight, but I do have Danny. Hey guys, welcome back to an all new episode. And Wes. Hey, what's up, chat? So, gentlemen, as always, we discuss the weekly gaming news. And uh, I was talking earlier as we began, there's not a whole lot this week. We're going to be getting into uh, what is on the table, but a little bit lackluster. Obviously, there's Black Friday that led up to taking up the majority of the week in terms of the news coverage, what was going on. Big, 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 big sales. We're not going to cover that because it's all come and gone. There's no point in us discussing that. Uh, hopefully you were able to go in and get some of the cool stuff that was on sale at your either local retailers or online retailers. Hopefully you shop local uh, this Black Friday. Very important during this coronavirus and everything going on to keep the stores that are at home up and running. A little coffee machine here to say. Get my coffee there. Sorry, folks. <laughs> but uh, you guys ready to get this started? Let's do it. So, so great. Let's do this. So, obviously, last Monday uh, we had Shadowlands launch. That new expansion for World of Warcraft is out. Kind of a surprise early launch. It wasn't supposed to launch until Tuesday, but it ended up coming out around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, on Monday. Now, I did actually end up seeing a chart after the fact where apparently it was supposed to come out 6 p.m. on the Monday, but I had for whatever reason thought it was only on the Tuesday. Uh, it is out. Uh, it, the new expansion allows you to level up to 60 after on October 13th they did the level squish so previous level 120 characters that had leveled up over the years in the various expansions were dropped down to level 50 and characters that were lower than 120 were dropped down respectively into uh, a lower level based off of an algorithm that they had I find a lot of the changes myself to be uh, to be rather good in that sense. They've they've gone again. That that level squish helped in reducing the numbers. The numbers in some of the expansions were, were ridiculous, and then they already crunched it a few times. And uh, this time with the level squish as well, it makes a whole lot more sense. Um, and yeah, I hit level sixty as well. Sorry on Sunday, so I am already at the max level. The expansion's not too difficult to level. It's about hour hour and a half per level. Um, very easy and a lot of the quests are fun too now I'm gonna to be tossing this down the west because uh, we got Wes is on the fence he's he has owned every single World of Warcraft expansion uh, collector's edition mind you up until this last one and you haven't felt the pull you Wes why, why is that uh, I don't know. Uh, I think just the the last one I uh, like I really dove in pretty hard on the the last one and uh but i i just fell into a pattern with each one of them where i'd go in pretty hard play for a month see the content do the stuff and then i was kind of like okay well i can either wait until you know the, the next content drop a couple months from now and and just kind of keep going or i could just kind of stop and you know the, the content wouldn't hold me anymore and i was like okay well i'm out the door and then new content would drop and I wasn't paying attention to it anymore. And, and that was it. You know, it, I'd see the announcement for the next expansion and get excited, do a month and do the whole thing again. And uh, with this one, I, I think I was just, I think I was just kind of done. And, and I, I think on top of that, you know, that, that I, I've sort of been soured on Blizzard over the last two years or so. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I understand this is not the same team or, or you know, what have you like the, there's no one team that I, I should be laying, laying blame on, but, you know, I, I, I really wasn't impressed with uh, Warcraft 3 Classic um, and, and, you know, some of their, their other just sort of missteps in terms of, you know, their, their announcement of Diablo Immortal and how they handled the, the Hearthstone uh, championships in China with regards to Hong Kong. And it, it all just sort of left me feeling sour on them. And I thought, you know what, I your games aren't, as good as they used to be and so maybe i'm maybe i don't need them the the way i used to unless something comes out that that is amazing like maybe diablo 4 is going to be awesome and if it is i'll play it but mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe I don't need to jump in right off the bat. So there is something to be saying uh, to be said about Blizzard games lately. There's well, with the acquisition that uh, Activision and Blizzard had, the merger of sorts, the brother sister relationship. The, I don't know what relationship they have exactly, but uh, it, it's obvious that Activision's having an effect. Um, there's a lot of pay to do things, and wow, there's a total of eight pets I was looking at that you can purchase for twelve dollars each, U.S. dollars. That's a that's that's a lot of pets to purchase. Pricey um, for a pet. Yeah. <laughs> There's mounts, $25 for mounts. It's going to cost you more for mounts. See, I'm stupid and I want to buy a couple of these, so I gotta, I'm got. i on that list. But it costs you more for this mount this mount than it does for a month subscription playing the game. Yeah. Holy. So how much um, do you pay a month now? Uh, monthly subscriptions to World of Warcraft are about $18 a month. Still, still pretty pricey if you look at it. I mean, we're, we're right now looking at a very uh, interesting age in gaming where a lot is changing. You know, we had free-to-play games kind of rising the last few years, and that's taken the game, you know, the, sorry, the industry by storm. We have Battle Royale games right now that are breaking records for sales, breaking records for money generated. It's generating a whole new way for PvP games to be done and, and combat to be had between players online. Um, I mean, there was a golden age once for MMORPGs. I'm beginning to wonder whether or not that has come to an end. World of Warcraft once had, uh, at its prime during, I believe it was World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King, they had 11.5 million subscribers. It's a lot of people playing the game. Um, it is now down to the, uh, what is believed to be around 4 million it was as low as 2 million, and they stopped reporting their numbers. They since have gone back up as a result of them launching WoW Classic. And as a result of them launching WoW Classic, they shrunk everybody's levels down to Classic levels. As if they're learning something. You know. Maybe. There's, a, <laughs> well, there's something to be said. One of their directors left uh, t- two weeks ago... Uh, our director, somebody who had been heavily engaged with the games over the years, and he left it because he said the game is no longer the same as it used to be. It's no longer about the community. It's no longer about being in a guild and having to rely on other players. And I can definitely attest to that. There is the way that the guild is even in the game right now. It's it's not even a guild tab. It's mixed in with a communications something it's like a social tab or something like yeah that. yeah it's so it's not even like its own separate tab where it's like hey this is my guild this is these are the people that i play with it's it's kind of hidden and and it's sad i mean these mmorpgs really do thrive and survive off of that that engagement and uh i, I still remember right now to this day there's a there was an undead warlock by the name of maya on the on the uh, server I played on, which was Lightning's Blade US, Maya was an undead warlock, and I couldn't stand that Maya went around ganking everybody. I tried my best to be a part of the cruise and went out and got him, to no avail. It uh, Maya Maya ganked us out South Shore, and uh, but uh, that just doesn't exist as much anymore. But that's Danny. I'm gonna ask you here. Uh, what do you think about MMOs? Is this is this the end of MMORPGs? I'm going to toss one final number at you. Uh, last I recall, uh, I believe Final Fantasy XIV is the MMORPG. Mm-hmm. And they have about 25 million subscribers, I, I believe, last I checked. I'm going to d- double check that now. But if you go ahead, Danny. Uh, no, I think what it is is that I think a lot of people um, maybe got tired of WoW and they wanted to try something else. Uh, and you know, with uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, it seems like they're doing a lot of stuff that people really like. Maybe it's a different uh, change of game for them. They like that format better. Um, visually, I, I think Final Fantasy fourteen is just better looking than uh, than WoW, in my opinion. Uh, like I've seen Will, who is you know host of uh, Game On, uh, and he plays it and he loves it. Uh, I see his Twitch streams, and it, it just looks more visually appealing to me. Um, and that's coming from a guy who 
doesn't love every Final Fantasy game. I, I have my favorites, of course. Like uh, everyone knows, I love Final Fantasy VII uh, and their characters. But uh, I think, like I, like I said, I think what it is is that people uh, kind of wanted to move on from WoW. They wanted to have something a little bit different, so they jumped on. Maybe it's it's a better quality game in their opinion. Maybe they're just having more fun with uh, with Final Fantasy than they are with uh, with WoW. So I don't think that we're gonna see like it disappear i think what's going to happen is eventually there'll be another game that comes and maybe takes over the success of final fantasy 14 that's it's just the way it is right now people are just investing uh their money and time into uh final fantasy 14 well and i think there's also like there's a few mmos that are free to play um that you, you can pay a subscription fee for 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 additional uh perks and that sort of thing that just kind of fly under the radar of, and and they're just quietly been doing you know reasonably well like star wars the old republic is still a thing like and, mm-hmm. and did quite well when it went uh, free to play i you don't hear about it anymore i don't know if they do new content about it but it is still going uh elder scrolls online is another one like that's that's one that just kind of quietly just keeps doing its thing you know mm-hmm. I, I i feel there's there's an audience for these things but i i think that the big numbers the the you know the really uh, like odd like just just kind of mind mind-blowing numbers are going to just other genres just you know the ebb and flow of the industry like you know you, you do the mmos and then it went to first person shooters and now it's the the um the battle royales and you know it, it just kind of comes and goes as as it as it is right yeah Speaking of Battle Royales, moving on to our next topic tonight. The Fortnite Crew is a monthly subscription that comes with a battle pass and exclusive outfits. So Fortnite is jumping into the monthly subscription game here. And uh, it's an interesting move. There's a lot that they're doing, obviously branching out of the Apple and uh, Google apps, trying to generate more revenue uh, themselves. But with the subscription... Uh, it's going to be costing eleven ninety nine US, so probably thirteen ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine Canadian. The EU subscription members will get the following uh, battle pass for the full season. Uh, members will have cur- access to the current season's battle pass. Uh, One thousand V bucks each month. A monthly crew pack. Subscribers will get an exclusive Fortnite crew pack each month with an always new outfit bundle. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one outfit. It sounds like it's an outfit bundle, which means that you're going to be getting, and by bundles that usually that's a whole kit. That means you'll get like a an axe, you'll get a backpack, you'll get the outfit, uh, possibly like a headpiece to go with it too. Um, I, I find it interesting that the monthly subscription is tied into the battle pass, considering that the battle pass lasts multiple months and you're not saving. On that, uh, I don't. Know. I'm not really sure what to make of this. What do you think, Danny? Um, for me, like it's very hard since I'm not really um, much of a you know Fortnite kind of guy. Uh, so for me, it's like one of those things just kind of flow over my head. Um, and you know, having a subscription uh, for it, I, like I can see the perks and stuff. Uh, I think you know we've we've talked a lot about the cosmetics and and skins you can get for your characters. How you know a lot of people really love that stuff. So I I can see a lot of people jumping on and and paying the monthly subscription for it for sure. The first outfit bundle uh, they've already announced it is going to be called the Galaxia outfit and uh, style. It has a cosmic llama corn pickaxe and a fractured world back bling so like i said you get the axe you get the backpack and you get the uh suit itself it looks pretty cool um seeing seeing the image here but uh i'm I'm still not completely sold on there's obviously going to be a lot of people jumping on just for the exclusive skin and with the when you're already getting the battle pass why not but i I, again i find it interesting that the battle pass is tied in for the multiple months that they have per season as a as an overall cost. What are your thoughts on all this, Wes? Well, I, I kind of thought that the battle pass was an interesting way for them to do subscriptions. Uh, you know, that it, it's not, not entirely a subscription, but, you know, every couple months you're going to buy this thing and then... It, it, when as you play the game, you're going to unlock stuff because you bought this thing and, and level that up and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I always kind of felt like that was sort of the the way of getting 
subscriptions into that game. Uh, so it's I find it interesting that it, it it's not quite a double dip, but they're trying to sort of create that sort of premium battle pass of sorts. Um, yeah. Where yeah, you're gonna see you're still gonna get the battle pass uh, every month that that you you're part of the subscription. But what so so what happens if the subscription last so the battle pass lasts let's say three months i i don't know how long it lasts but let's say i'm subscribed for two and then i'm not subscribed for the last one do i lose the battle pass uh, assumingly so okay do i if, if i buy the battle pass at that point does the progress carry over i assume it does it would it, it would carry over yeah it, it would okay. almost be like a rune like a runescape subscription like back in the old days okay okay uh yeah it seems like a a sort of weird thing um but maybe just like a, a test thing like hey let's let's do this thing and and see if we can transition people off of buying a battle pass every couple months and instead buying a subscription every month yeah there's a lot of people out there trying different things in the gaming industry and one of those is xbox as we lead into our next topic here uh phil spencer had an interesting interview with the verge with the verges decoder podcast and uh, he was asked the following question. What was stopping Microsoft from releasing Xbox as an app from, for smart TVs that meet a minimum hardware specification? The answer, it seems, he said nothing. I think you're going to see that in the next 12 months. I don't think anything is going to stop us from doing that. So he literally comes out and pretty much says that within the next 12 months, uh, you're going to see an Xbox app on your TV, much the same that you would get on the smart TV, a app that has netflix an app that has disney plus an app that has any of these things now xbox is going to be an app uh that, that, that's a huge huge thing to mention out there again considering the current gaming uh flow the gaming I industry as it stands with new consoles coming out the playstation 5 xbox series x and s how we've talked about where they stand on those this is just another step in microsoft's direction in my opinion of saying consoles yeah, you can go get one. You don't need it. You can go get one. It's going to be your best experience on an Xbox console. Not your best experience because that's saved for uh, the PC. It's just that's just science. But um, at the end of the day, though, we, we were even talking about that that stick. And I mean, if they just put it into an app, there goes. I mean, the stick could still work too, but. You've literally got an app that can play your Game Pass, that can play your your games for you. I mean, this is this is huge. Wes, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think this just kind of extends that same idea that like, hey, you know, like when you buy a smart TV, you get the, you know, there's Netflix on here, there's Disney Plus, there's, <coughs> there's what have you that that's paid money to LG or Samsung or Sony to to help drop the price mm -hmm. of that TV. You know, this this is just kind of extension of of that same idea uh as, as what was put out there with the stick of well if you don't buy a, a smart tv but most tvs have got a usb uh port on the on the back or on the side or something like that and yeah it, it just makes sense that if you're going to do that sort of thing you might as well just do a straight up app that's pre-installed on on you know tvs next next year or something like that now interestingly enough he did come out and say that uh this is not going to be the end of Xbox's hardware, uh, saying I don't think these will be the last big pieces of hardware that we ship. Uh, that That's pretty vague, could mean a few different things, could just mean Xbox Series consoles. I really don't think that with the Xbox Series and the way that they finally labeled this, that we're going to see a change in terms of name and you know, a dramatic shift. I think that Xbox Series is going to be the one that they stick with. We're going to maybe see an Xbox Series H or whatever letter of the alphabet they decide to throw at us this time. But that'll be that that next that next version of a, of a hardware, if they go that. Um, uh, he also notes, too, that, and, and this is uh, kind of going to be leading up into another point, going to be bringing up here in a sec, that uh, he says, when we think about xCloud, which is our version of Stadia or Luna, uh, Stadia being owned by Google and Luna being the upcoming uh, gaming streaming uh, service by Amazon. 
I think what it needs to evolve into are games that actually run between a hybrid environment of the cloud and the local compute capability, and that they can actually take full advantage of the cloud that there that's there and that's available, but also full advantage of my edge compute capability that I have in my home in the console. It's really a hybrid between both of those. Basically, I'm, I'm assuming, unless I'm mistaken here, Wes, he's uh, you know, pr pretty much saying playing from anywhere. You know, it doesn't really matter what device, just playing on one network uh, through a variety of different consoles. Am I, am well, I... this, this actually sounds more like what they were talking about during the Xbox One, uh, the early Xbox One days. Okay, they, okay, they were yeah. talking about like, hey, you... You know your your games will connect to the cloud, and you know in Crackdown Three, the AI and and physics calculations will be done by by a uh you know something is something in the cloud, and then it'll send the results of those calculations back, and everyone's like, well, wait, what? How how is this gonna work? Is this better? Is this worse? Like, what happens if data doesn't come back? Because hey, it's the internet, and packets get lost. You know the it sounds like he's just kind of tying back to that stuff, which is interesting. I I, uh, I do remember that them discussing something about having literally like warehouses of computers that would basically be using their computer power and they would be transferring that power to lower power devices, as an example, to increase them up to being able to play at higher resolutions, higher graphics, just being being the service that provides it. Correct? Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of like a it's kind of like a, a strange middle ground between just straight up game streaming, where like like a PlayStation Now or or or, or what I had thought X Cloud was, which is just uh, or what Stadia is, I guess, is where I'm playing a game, but the game's running on a on a PC in 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 Virginia somewhere, and it's yeah. just sending me video back. I'm sending it inputs; it's processing the inputs and sending me a video back of what is happening in the game yeah um this is is kind of like a this this was always kind of like a weird middle ground where you might be doing graphics processing or or sound processing on your local machine and you know offloading some of you know the the tasks to another machine somewhere else which uh it, yeah it's it's weird to hear him mention that again yeah because that was like a 2014 thing and and when Crackdown 3 was first announced, they were talking about that sort of thing, and then it, it just kind of disappeared, uh, probably rightfully so. so. So, Danny, what are your thoughts? Do you think, like, what do you think is Microsoft's main competition here? I, I guess is the question to pose to you. Do you find that their main focus is on the consoles, Nintendo and Sony, or do you think that their focus is on Stadia and Luna? To be honest, I, I and nowadays I really don't know what they're doing. I, I, you know, we had the era where, you know, they were fighting against Sony. Uh, Nintendo is basically on its own right now. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't worry about competition. Doesn't care about competition. It's, it's left that years ago. Uh, you know, the the original struggle was always the PlayStation versus the Xbox. Uh, we've kind of seen it, you know, go down a little bit. Now we have Game Pass showing up, and you know, you can play some games on uh, on a different system and um you know with uh, with stadia and luna which i honestly don't give 10 craps about I, I honestly don't care about cloud gaming um but it's it's one of those things where uh you know microsoft is basically at that point where it's just i'm finding that they don't know what they want to do anymore like they they, they want to fight with sony or, or luna or or stadia and then there's times where they don't they want to be playing nice, um, but yeah, honestly, like Microsoft's um, way of of doing this of their plan, I should say, makes no sense. Uh, I'm finding that Microsoft. The more Microsoft does, the more I'm becoming lost in their idea and what they're trying to do. See, I, I, I'm not sure if I, I, I gotta say, I'm not sure if I'm on the same stance there, and, and maybe Wes will back me up because I feel months ago we we had said the same thing. That back in August, it was really, really blurry to see what their goal is. But I do find that they, it has become clearer, and that is to kind of be this one place to play from on multiple devices, which is something that no one is really doing yet. It's kind of kind of a mix of both, mm -hmm. kind of console yeah. and cloud, which is it's interesting. 
And they're going for a, a huge, huge market. You gotta remember, when we were talking, we went back think back in September, there's 3.2 billion gamers, and 1.6 billion of those people have a phone. And they play sim like strictly strictly mobile games. Now, if you can say to that person that's paying $30, $40 of you know, and they're playing Clash of Clans every month, you say to them, Hey, you pay me 20 bucks a month. How's Gears 5 sound? Ah. Uh, it's it's a pretty crazy crazy thing and uh, the reason I'm, I'm i'm going that route is leading into my next point that we're going to talk into and it has to do with another thing that phil spencer said last week he's he's talking a lot there's a lot of talk when obviously the new consoles are out and phil spencer certainly wants to get out there and get his name out there get xbox uh you know this the name the brand out there he says that console tribalism is one of the worst things that has happened in the industry. And uh, again, still speaking with The Verge, uh, he spoke out against what he labels tribalism in the industry, which, I mean, that's just not just him labeling it. We all know that there's the Xbox side, there's the, the Sony side, there's the Nintendo side, there's the PC Master Race side. It's all there. He says... The tribalism in the industry, if there was anything that would ever drive me out of the industry, it's actually that. He said on, again, the Verge's Decoder podcast, uh, uh, when he was talking about the, to, to the vocal core, uh, he just really hates the other consumer product, uh, or, or, or sorry, when he talks about the, the, the core concept of, of this, where it's that, you know, they just really hate the other side of it. He said, it's just so off-putting to me. To me, it's one of the worst things about our industry. Um, I have to completely agree. I think that it is a huge threat to the industry. I think that it's a danger to have this competition. I don't think it does anything, any uh, either side, better to have those nasty comments, one side you know, or the other, you know, Xbox sucks, Sony sucks, Nintendo sucks, calling out players. I, I honestly feel that, you know, the... I share this meme a lot, the patriarch of gaming. There's there's the multi the multi platform monarchy and it's the people that have, you know, multiple gaming consoles and and you know it's there's an appreciation you have for the consoles when you when you get to that point, I guess. And and not not saying you have any elitism on that, but I think there needs to be more appreciation towards what the other consoles have. Even if you have an Xbox and you have Halo, you can look at Nintendo and say, Hey, Mario, that's that's a pretty wicked game. I you know looks like a lot of fun heck i wish it was on my console as opposed to just the, the nastiness that we have danny what are your thoughts um i know i i'm guessing because i'm very like okay i i appreciate you know people's likes and stuff i know there's a lot of people who wouldn't mind having uh you know all their all their games on one console i uh, sorry on multiple consoles um you know we we know that nintendo is the one who owns their franchises and uh doesn't uh lend them to anybody uh because that's how they built their company up um i don't know i i'm guessing i'm very old-fashioned because i actually enjoy having to purchase more than one console i like having uh multiple consoles um just because not only because the collector's item and, and it's fun to to see the designers put their efforts in creating these systems and such. But uh, for me, I am 100%, like I said, uh, split. So I, I like to see exclusive games for a console. I like to see that thing where people have to buy that console to play that game. I'm very old fashioned that way. And uh, I don't think, I don't really think I would change my idea. Like I, I like that for myself. I think that's what sells consoles. And, uh, I think that's why if some uh, companies are more successful than others. Is for having that, that war being there? Yes. There, there's something about having competition between companies that make that improve our games. Uh, like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's gaming or, uh, you know, it's basically like sports. Basically, these companies are like sports teams fighting for you know, the, the success fighting to win the championship title. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be doing what they can to bring out those AAA games, those really amazing games, you know, like go look at uh, um, the popularity and what, and uh, the, the uh, pure excitement people have for cyberpunk 2077. Uh, if that releases anytime soon, 
Um, but you know, that game's for all consoles. But you know, having a title that huge, say if that was just coming for the PS5, like that that would be something very massive and people would would have to rush out and you know try and find the PS5 like it's not hard already. But um I, I don't know, like for me that is the main thing about always has been the main thing about a console. I buy consoles for the exclusives. Well, interestingly, Spencer has said that Microsoft's competition isn't actually Sony or Nintendo. He says, we're in the entertainment business. The biggest competitor we have is apathy over the products and services, games that we build. And this isn't the first time that he has uh, spoken out against what he views as uh, toxicity in the games industry. Uh, He he called uh, toxicity in gaming a threat to the entire industry. Uh, he says that instead that the company should focus on bringing people closer together due to things such as crossplay, which breaks down those barriers. Now, crossplay is only relatively new. As of two, three, four years ago, really, there was no such thing as crossplay. Like, the idea that I could play Call of Duty with my friend on a PlayStation 4. Nope. PC? Ah! I'm joking, right? And, and, and yet here we are with multiple games, Fortnite, Rocket League, Minecraft, again, the Call of Duty titles. Pretty much any game that launches these days has some form of cross-play over towards one or another uh, console. So, Wes, what, what are your thoughts? Do, you know, do we still need console wars? Uh, I, I would like... I, I kind of fall into the same boat as, as Phil Spencer, where I, I want to... S- I, I, it's not that I necessarily feel like we should only have one console or like that that one console future that Dennis Dyack talked about years ago. I, 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 I like that there are exclusives. Um, you know, I, it, it is that sort of thing that really kind of pushes that competition. As Danny said, what I'd like to see go away is just the fucking garbage shit talking that goes back and forth between like. I have to defend the, you know, this is the thing I bought and I have to defend it by shitting on everything else. And it's like, that's garbage. Like I, 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 you know, I own all, uh, all the consoles except for a series X at this point. Um, and you know, I, I don't necessarily like having to buy them because I'd rather spend that money on more games, but, I buy them because I want to be able to play a good game if it comes out, yeah. you know, and I understand not everyone's in that, that position. Not everyone can, can shell out. So, you know, you got to make, some people have got to make that call yeah, and, absolutely. and that sucks that they've, they've got to like basically say, okay, well, what games do I want to play and not be able to play those other ones? Um, you know, but to, to shit on the people enjoying it or to shit on people who, who bought the other one instead of the one that you mm-hmm. bought because they could only afford one and they made a call, you know, that's just shitty. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want, you know, Xbox to fail. I don't want Nintendo to fail. I don't want Sony to fail. Um, you know, well, the, the Google one, I don't trust Google. Um, yeah. You know, if that thing takes off, cool you know if there's games that are worth playing on it then great like you know i i just i want games to be good i want good games to come out i want to be able to play good games that's that's all i want at the end of the day is you know i i i've shit on games and i it it's not because i i i want to it's because the the game is bad and i'm upset because it's not a good game yeah you know uh that's that's kind of where I fall on all this, and I, you, there was a lot of toxicity regarding this thing, and mm-hmm. you know it it, it was it, it, the the whole fanboy thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of of Nintendo or Microsoft or Sony. Go ahead, no. like, be a fan of theirs, exactly. you know. But understand that they're they're still a corporation. You know, hold them to account on the crappy things they do as well. You know, um, and and, and don't shit on people on people who are having a good time with the other one you know yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with that um and i i like seeing that those sorts of interactions on as much as i i you know there's you can cynically look at like corporate or corporation twitter accounts and be like oh, okay roll your eyes but it's nice to see you know uh sony congratulate microsoft the like the, the playstation twitter account congratulate congratulate the xbox twitter account on the launch of the series x yeah 
and say, good job, guys, congratulations. You know, you put in a shit ton of hard work and you brought out a console. And likewise, it was great to see the, the Xbox one do the same. You know, I, I like to see that because that's the, we should be trying to bring our each other together this way. Um, not just like during pandemic times, but like, yeah. you know, in, in general, because there's a lot of shit online for that stuff. So yeah. it would just be nice to see people sort of stop that bullshit um, and just kind of, kind of get away with it. I, I saw some of it on Twitter today of a, of a dude who had posted just pictures of cars and was like, check out the cars and in dirt. They called it dirt Four for the Xbox series X. It's the game is dirt five on the series X. But they were like, the PlayStation 5 can't do this. You don't see them. I'm like, fuck's sakes. A, those are pictures of real cars. And B, shut the fuck up. Like, like you're not bringing anything to any conversation anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... uh, I I, I find competition for the consoles, obviously, as you two have said, to be something that is necessary because it pushes us forward. Without competition, we as uh, you know, as humans, we can't progress forward. So there has to be that competition there. This this toxicity over it though has to end. But and 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 again, the the, the sad reality that you know it's one of those things we look across the pond and you can see in in different areas like sports. You know, you look at sports teams, and I mean, that's been hundreds of years. Uh, the, you know, degrees, you know, medieval times. And, you know, I think there will always be that resentment against those who don't choose our side or don't think our way or don't. It's not even not even on specific. I mean, that's on so many different things. Tribalism. It's uh, I think it's just an innately ingrained human thing. It's it's difficult for some people to and you know to get out of that. And I think that the only real way that you can get out of that that aspect view of it on on gaming is if you get to owning all the different consoles, kind of deal. Like you kind of have to have them all, and then you gain the appreciation for what they offer you. You know, Nintendo like there's there's clear things Nintendo offers. There's clear things that the PlayStation systems offer. There's clear things that the Xbox systems offer. There's clear things that the PC offers. You know, to ignore that, I I, I you know, it's just simple ignorance. It's just you know to uh, you know to be blind and, and you know accuse the other side or slander the other side for nothing. It's just it's just wasting hot air, and it doesn't do anybody any good. And, you know, of course, you know, competition needs to be there. We need to make better games and and the sort. But we're going to move on from that. We don't have uh, too much else on the plate for today that's a huge discussion-worthy, folks. So uh, going to uh, dive into our next one here. Uh, Red Dead Online Standalone is coming in December. So we get a new game that is going to be coming. It's, again, a standalone game for Red Dead Online. Going to be allowing players for $20 US dollars. Likely going to be $29.99 Canadian or $24.99 Canadian. One of the two. Um, but going to be allowing players to join the Red Dead Online universe without having to buy the Red Dead Redemption 2. An interesting move given how Red uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, 5 and Grand Theft Auto Online are tied in. Uh, conclusively with one another, but it also leads to whether or not that might change down the road. Um, I, I think it's a smart move by Rockstar. I know they've been struggling with Red Dead Online, and maybe that's the reason for doing this, but it, it also could be to create that online universe that, well, kind of other games like Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout 76 have gone, and it's in just an online version universe of their game that it, it's it's different it's it's a se- it's separate from their other games that they release and it's something that they can keep going too i think it's uh you, you know when they have these kind of standalone versions you know again grand theft auto online it's an mmo like red dead online is an mmorpg it's not a you know it's not anything else it, it's getting into that mmorpg category you know not necessarily straight up in the same sense, but it's it's damn close, and uh, I, I find it interesting. What are your thoughts, Wes? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm I saw this announcement and I I thought it was interesting. Uh, so if I buy Red Dead Redemption Two, do I still get access to Red yes. Dead Online? Yeah, you're both. So I wonder if this is 
I wonder if this is a test for GTA 6. Uh, if they feel like they could get more people to buy the game if those if there's the if there's a group of people who don't care about the single player part of that game it seems in my mind uh, like and this is just based on my own personal uh, preferences yeah. it seems like an odd choice of game to do that with really like what if they did it with call of duty i i'd be like yeah of course there's a larger group of people that only play the online and probably don't touch the campaign whereas in gta i feel like the reverse is probably true and so i wonder what that means for just you know a, a the campaign version of gta 6 if they release that uh as its own standalone thing well let's toss you some more food on that you know again taking elder scrolls online as, as an example there uh the elder scrolls online game i'm not sure if you've played it or not it is different feeling than the elder scrolls uh, classic RPG games. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it geared is. towards more of an MMO online type of game. Um, there there is a crowd that simply only wants to interact with people online, and with the way that Red Dead Online and the way that Grand Theft Auto Online, even you know the, the way that both of them work, Grand Theft Auto Online I think allows you thirty two people in the lobby, and Red Dead Redemption or sorry Red Dead Online I think is also sorry sixteen or thirty two. The map's huge. The chances of running into people really aren't, aren't 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 too great. So it's really like a single player online experience. And Yellow Scrolls Online and uh Fallout or Fallout 76 follows these two more closely. Um but Elder Scrolls Online is much more in your like World of Warcraft, your Final Fantasy sense. Um Yeah. I, I guess in my mind that it's it's like they put so much uh work and time and marketing into the single player portions of that game like you don't or at least when they you know when they talk about gta 5 even when they they announced the ps5 version of that game they they didn't i don't remember if they showed a lot of the online stuff they they might have shown a little bit and or talked about it in there but you know marketing for that game tends to focus on the single player same with red dead it, it focuses on the single player of like we're going to tell this epic cinematic story and, mm -hmm. and look at this this you know this world we've created and, and how engaged you can get in in with it and how immersive it is that it it strikes me as an odd choice for those games that that i i could see i could see a, a call of duty selling standalone be, because that's that's the draw you know uh, fallout 76 was created as as an online like destiny sort of like games as a service sort of thing uh and and gta online and that sort of thing are as well so mm -hmm. I, I guess i i would be very interested to see if they're if they're thinking maybe splitting them up in some way and now they can have just like a gta online that's its own thing and, and divorced from a new game oh, yeah. whereas you know say gta 6 comes out do you access gta 5 online like you know if they could separate that out and just you've got this game and that game keeps going and you've got the single player game and that game is its own thing well i think that's exactly what they're doing is they want them separate so that there can be 10 years of red dead online and they don't have to change the game you know that they can yeah, really kind of red dead 3 comes out no they can simply just you know kind of do what world of warcraft does where every four or five years you run through a graphic update you overhaul everything like oh look everything looks sharper cleaner crisper Ooh, look looks great yeah you bring you know? out a a new you know new console generation here's your ps6 gta online here's, here's a graphical uplift update right all yeah. does the same stuff it just looks better Danny, would you buy this? Would you buy uh, Red Dead Online for thirty dollars? Hmm. I, I maybe not Red Dead Online. Um, other games, sure. But like Wes brought up, you know, with Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead, those games are made for the story. Like you know, for me, I'm a huge campaign guy. I play more campaign uh, stuff than I do stuff online. Uh, and it's like Wes says, it's kind of a weird one to mm -hmm. just bring out just for an online thing. Even like, you know, I, I can understand Call of Duty, Battlefield and stuff. 
but even those games like you know the uh sometimes the uh campaign is very short but i do find them engaging and fun um but uh, i can see for those games that being more of a reality but with red dead or even grand theft auto online uh, i find it's kind of a weird weird one to do just because i i guess it's because i'm so used to them having a you know the full campaign that you got to go through um but it, yeah i can see the appeal for people who just want to play an online experience mm-hmm. i i'm more definitely i'm more aimed for the campaign stuff than i am multiplayer um especially if you're paying you know a huge price for a game but you know with this one being 29 um not too bad for that price point uh but for me like i don't know i would rather spend the extra money buying a copy with the actual multiplayer mode and the online mode you're just getting both for that price you mean single player yeah yes yes yeah 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 they're really like red dead 3 or gta 6 cheaper without the online then i'm okay if they want to separate them (sighs) yeah exactly that 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 would be an actual thing well so so with it so here's the counter on this too, right? Is Grand Theft Auto V and Red Dead Redemption 2 are now back-to-back games that Rockstar has released that have not received any single-player DLC. Mm-hmm. They're both games that exclusively went to online and they've only received online updates. So I, you know, I, I really believe that this is a move to split the two. Or to create longevity, to to create that different game, like Grand Theft Auto Online is not Grand Theft Auto Five, and I think that they're trying to separate that. Like it's it's you know, you know Grand Theft Auto Online carries over to you know, to, you know and Grand Theft Auto Five, I think as a result. But I think they really want to get that split. So when Grand Theft Auto Six comes around, it might just be oh here's the Grand Theft Auto Six expansion to Grand Theft Auto Online, and now we're adding in. Here's the Grand Theft Auto Six city you can go to, you know, the you know your your characters still look the same, or you know maybe they'll do something where they update the the models. I I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to really wait and see on that. But they're definitely going for a split, and uh, I think it might be. What about the other cities though? Like, yeah, because that's 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 the that's the in in GTA the city is the is one of the first big draws, right? It's like, well, where's this one taking place? Is yeah. it Liberty City? Is it San Andreas? Is it, uh, I mean, are they, they're going to go back to Vice City? You know, there was the, the talk of them doing the, the Las Vegas one at one point, it just kind of got rolled into San Andreas way back yeah. when, but you know, like is, is that sort of thing. It, it does that go away for an online mode or does it expand? Uh, and so I think you're going to get the expansion. I think you know right now they've been you know we've been driving around uh, Los Santos for a while, and with Grand Theft Auto Six that comes out, it's again it's just like World of Warcraft where they'll just add on a new zone and your character model, right? Your character model they upgraded it this time too. They upgraded character models again this expansion. I think the last time they did it was two or three expansions ago. So again, two or three years ago they updated the graphic, you know, the graphical models. Um, uh, Grand Theft Auto Online has yet to update the actual graphical models per se, uh, other than just increasing like the HD graphics and the resolutions and sharpening things and making the colors look better. But they haven't actually gone like, oh hey, like <clears throat> we've completely redone your face with brand new textures and stuff. And and, and uh, I mean, do you really have to take a game like Grand Theft Auto Five and change a whole lot? No, the game the game's pretty pretty much there. Like you might change a few things, but for them to, you know, Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, it's got the brand new bells and whistles. They go, hey, you know what? We took a couple of those, we add them in the Grand Theft Auto Online, and oh, by the way, here's a new city you can go enjoy. And they can have the brand new city looking better, you know, graphically, just the same as the new expansions do. You go run around Outlands in World of Warcraft, you go run around Shadowlands, the brand new expansion in World of Warcraft, night and day difference quality of the the, the terrain right then yeah they they really need to start pressing more towards that mmo sort of range because you can't have like okay there's 32 of us but you know three of us are in this city and you know yeah seven or eight of us are in this city like that that causes i i guess it doesn't cause problems but it just further 
thins out the, your your possibilities, right? No, hundred percent. I mean, you, you know, maybe it might open up to a couple hundred foot between a couple cities, you know, thousand foot between a couple cities. Who who knows? But uh, I, I, we start subscriptions. I think it's interesting. Yeah, right. And, and I mean, hey, you know what? They they have two behemoth titles, Red Dead Online. You you know, I. I I really want to get into Red Dead Online. I actually got up to about level 34 solo playing. Um, and I just, unfortunately, I didn't have anybody else to play. And fell off. Because it, it's a game where it's better to have people to play with. And, yeah. you know, I wish I had some more people to play with. It would have been a, a much better game. And I would love to get into it again on PC if I could find a posse. You know? Maybe twenty nine ninety nine Red Dead Online. Like, that's all I really actually want to go and play. I don't I, I, You know... And, and especially for me right now, I've already beat the game on, on Xbox. So for PC, like, I really just want that online portion. So that's a very tantalizing $29.99, $24.99 offer for me just to get online so I can play Red Dead Online on my PC. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, though. But uh, that has been, uh, actually, this ended up taking a lot longer than I thought it was going to. I thought we were going to have a little bit of a shorter night tonight, unless I didn't take a break. But here we are, and uh, we, we've got five minutes left in the night. So we're uh, we're going to call it there for tonight, folks. We do appreciate all of you for tuning in and listening to our play-to-player podcast, whether you are catching us live right now on Twitch, which you can join us, obviously. You're joining us right now. Uh, at Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, twitch.tv slash Nerdy Northerners. You can join us uh, for the live discussion, become part of the show, or if you're catching us on one of the different podcast sources out there, whether you're catching us on Google, uh, Google's Podcasts, Apple's Podcasts, or uh, anything else out there, really. We're, we're on a lot. We're, uh, we're being distributed a lot out there, and uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we're... Uh, are, are, are we're really big in uh, India right now, which is which is really cool. I, I like seeing the analytics coming in, and and uh, we we got a lot of downloads out from India, and then uh, United States is number two. So thank you to everybody out there for for tuning in and uh, downloading our podcast, taking us with you on the walks. We appreciate it. We'll be back next Monday to talk about the gaming news that you don't want to miss. It's been a pleasure, Danny. It's been a pleasure, Wes. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always fun. All right, and until next Monday, you all take it easy.